Hello and welcome to the Olivier Awards podcast, the official podcast of the Olivier Awards with Mastercard. I'm Alice Arnold. Last week we looked at the headline stories from the nominations. Today we're going to be looking in depth at musical and dance nominations and we'll be hearing from some of the nominees, including Cassidy Jansen, Sarah Bareilles and Jason Donovan. I'm joined once again by Julian Bird, the Chief Executive of the Society of London Theatre and the producer of the Olivier Awards. I suppose in this podcast we're talking about my favourite section, which is musicals. Absolutely. No shame with that. We are, you know, magic um, at the musicals as well, so yes. what best to talk about? Exactly. We've got to talk about, about musicals. Uh, let's let's start with supporting actors and actresses. Uh, supporting well, we've got a Dear Evan Hansen, they're up against each other. They are, absolutely. Yes, interesting in uh, both those categories for actor and actress in those supporting roles. Uh, two people from Dear Evan Hansen as actors, mm-hmm. uh, the two dads, if you like. Uh, oh, it's not the two dads, I should say. It's actually one of the dads uh, and the boy who is the, kind of Evan's best friend uh, in it. Uh, and then in Dear Evan Hansen, uh, the... Uh, the girl that he falls in love with, who happens to be the sister of the his friend who's died. This sounds very complicated. It's not. I promise you, if you go and see it, uh, and actually uh, that 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 uh, school friend of his who's died, uh, his mother, uh, Lauren Ward. Uh, so yeah, they're they're playing off against each other in both categories actually. And in the actress section, Petula Clark. I know how wonderful she plays the bird lady. Plays the bird. She? That's yes. right. Yeah, the bird lady, the bird woman. Um, it's her first nomination since I think it's uh, it's either nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty one. I need to check. But I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't that's, it? You know, kind of nearly 40 years on, uh, she's back being nominated. Kind and of lovely to see. One of the other nominees for the new musical Anne Juliet is Cassidy Jansen, who everybody will know for playing Carol Very King. Much, yeah. But she plays Mrs. Shakespeare, well, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, that's in right. In Anne Juliet. She's terribly funny. Uh, we've actually got a clip of, of, of her talking about it and, and talking about the writing. So here she is. I think the writer is very clever in that as he's got to know all the cast, he's he's sort of slightly moulded the writing to suit the actor playing the role at the moment. And I think that's really clever that he's done that. And he's also very, very clever in that he's taken these very, very famous pop songs, managed to write a very, very strong script. But when he puts the pop song in that scene the song actually pushes the plot along and he's barely changed the pronoun. And you sort of scratch your head at, at how he's done that because that's, that's it's impossible, but he's done it. Mm. And that's what makes the show so funny and clever because you're laughing, but at the same time you're going, how the hell has he done that? That was Cassidy Jansen, nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Musical. She's in good company because David Bedella, who's also in Anne Juliet, is is nominated for Best Supporting and, and Actor. A, and a double winner, of course, of the Olivier himself. So, you know, will he make it a hat-trick on the night? It'll be interesting uh, to see. He's, he's an amazingly versatile um, actor and uh, musical actor as well. It's amazing to see him back there again. And then Fiddler on the Roof yeah, gets lovely. a mention too. Yeah, Stuart Clark, who was... Uh, I guess he's young but has popped up in all sorts of shows across the West End in the last few years and uh, really, really lovely to see him uh, kind of rounding out that category. I have to say, in in each of these two categories, it's I wouldn't want to call who's going to win. They're very open. You could make a case for everybody. Um, so uh, two exciting categories to watch on the night, I think. Yeah. Well, the next category actually is also exciting, the original score or new orchestration. Absolutely. And, um, well... 
Waitress is is in this, which of course is written um, by Sarah Bareilles, and uh, I met Sarah Bareilles on on the stage actually of of Waitress, and uh, well, she talked about because I said to her, "Well, this has been such a massive success. Would you do another one?" This is what she had to say about that. I when I said yes, I was saying yes from a very naive place in terms of how long this project would last, and I mean, luckily, I'm, we're still working on this show, you know, six years in. But um, I think knowing how much work it is and how long the process can potentially be, I just am going to be very mindful of what comes next. And it's going to be hard to top this, you know, in terms of it's just my baby. This this mm-hmm. show is just beyond precious to me. So, um, yeah, it'd have to be a really special next project. That was Sarah Bareilles talking about Waitress when I met her at the Delphi Theatre. Now, the other new musical, which, of course, is up for loads of awards, and Juliet, um, they're, they're up for original score and new orchestration. And, we, and obviously, we keep talking about Anne Juliet. It is, it is the story of the year, as I keep saying, nine nominations. It's the show with the mm. most... Uh, of those and uh, and of course these two are are nominated for taking those original Max Martin kind of 1980s and 90s real pop classics if you like and completely taking them and reorientating them reorchestrating them rearranging them for the stage uh, they've done an amazing job actually and the other one up for orchestration as opposed to new music is is Fiddler on the Roof Jason Carr his orchestration of that absolutely which um, in, in sort of uh, musical theatre parlance you might call it a cut down orchestration it was a slightly smaller um, orchestra than you might have had at Fiddler uh, in the past it of course started at the Menier Chocolate Factory this production which if any of you have been there only has about 160 seats and uh, it's extraordinary what they do there but can't you certainly a can't fit a, a full Broadway orchestra uh, in there so Jason did an amazing job in in kind of doing something uh, very different with that show and of course the other score that's up there Dear Evan Hansen which again up for lots of awards I love the music in that show it is amazing really isn't it do. I mean that soundtrack even if you haven't seen the show I'm sure uh, you've listened to the soundtrack and uh, of course that soundtrack the only one that's available at the moment you know really made Ben Platt a star around the world and you know he, mm-hmm. he's now a major major star on Netflix and all over you know sung at the Grammys and all sorts uh, for his starring role in the original production and then quietly creeping underneath Creep. the radar <laughs> Amelie yeah from Which the other a lo- palace. A wonderful little small musical about this charming kind of wayward girl who just wants to kind of spread happiness to everyone she meets. It's it's a charming it's a charming little story and um actually I'm really looking forward to having Amelie on stage at the Olivier's. You know, it's the, it's the one that people might know the least when they come on the night or they listen on magic on the night. Um but I think it's going to be really charming and uh, it's a full group of uh, actor musicians actually that show. So it's, there's not like a separate band and then actors they all play the instruments themselves. So it's going to be really rather kind of wonderful I mm. think well someone came up to me after they'd seen it and just said you have to get a ticket you have to get a ticket and then it had closed before I got a ticket but uh, I did hear really wonderful things yeah. about and you know there, there continue to be rumours about whether that's going to have a future life that show so uh, let's oh, good. hope good I might have another chance you might then. well do let's, ho- let's hope um, you do it but Phew. you know they're exclusive for you they are performing on the night of the interviews <laughs> <laughs> good I will see them on my little screen in the basement um, <laughs> oh. now dance production Sadler's well Everything happens at Sadler's Wells, doesn't it? All these productions, nearly all of them, apart from one at the yes. Limbury Theatre, they've, they've all originated at uh, at Sadler's Wells. And yeah, the and same worth, for an outstanding achievement in dance. Absolutely. And it's worth remembering, you know, Sadler's Wells is without doubt now the home in the UK of, uh, I guess, 
contemporary dance, but in all its different forms, you know, not just what you might call modern dance, but, you know, flamenco and, and tap and hip hop and every different genre of dance uh, is in that one one extraordinary complex um, in Islington. And, um, you know, the range of nominees uh, reflect that. Um, and uh, an international know, of range of, of nominees as well. Very much, you know, so, it's the home of international, uh, mm. international dance and... Um, uh, you know, I can tell you, you know, the panel really struggled to even get to a shortlist. So uh, great to see such a big range uh, there, I think, this year. And a different kind of dance now, I suppose, musical theatre dance or choreography. Um, we've got for that uh, Evita at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, which I did, I did, um, I was amazed at the way they managed to dance on a on some steps, basically. When it's, I saw the set, I thought, well, we're not having much dance on that, are we? And then we did. For those who didn't see that it, was, I, I would mm. describe it as, a, wouldn't you, like in sports terminology, like a set of bleachers, like they yeah, call them in America, a set of kind of big steps that kind of step up. And they didn't up. seem to be very deep. No. Wide. Um, no, you know, no. Like, like you no. only had a small area to not fall off. Absolutely. I thought. And, you know, for those who didn't see it, you know, this Evita is a truly modern, dramatically different take on, on the Evita you've ever seen, which has mm-hmm. always been sort of done in the same classical way with, you know, Ava Perron in a lovely white dress and, you know, standing on the balcony. This is a completely different uh, take on the production from kind of the extraordinary Jamie Lloyd, who how he comes up with these alternative takes on everything is, is amazing. But uh, with Fabian uh, Aloise as well, who uh, his first kind of big choreographic role, certainly at the open air, Regent's Park, his first nomination for the Olivier's. Always great to see a newcomer mm-hmm. um, in there. And, um, you know, it's it's brilliant, this show. And if you didn't see it, it, it you know, it's having this uh, time back at the Barbican Theatre in, indoors this time this summer. So if you love Evita, go and see it. They won't have to worry about it raining because I know they have different choreography if it rains. Indeed, they do. Well, especially slippery. on those steps. Exactly. You know, yeah. um, now, Jennifer Webber is... And Juliet crops up again. Um, now, we talked to Melanie LeBarry um, about Aunt Juliet, who's, I suppose, not the youngest in the cast, but, hey, she gives it a go. And she talked to us about, about how, how she coped with the choreography and that. At my age, to get to do uh, <laughs> what I do on a night here, uh, my body aches. <laughs> Well, we did talk to Cassidy about this, about the bouncing cast around you. Yes. <laughs> and they, well, they, they don't stop, do they? No, they and, don't and stop. That, well, that dancing and all that, and it's that hip hoppy type dancing exactly. thing that I can't, you know. No, well, I, neither can I, but there but I am, do, giving it a good go. You do go. do it. You give it a... <laughs> <laughs> giving it a right hot go. You know, see, I was watching you, and I think, she can do that. Oh She's doing God. that young people's dancing Everything thing. Everything hurts me. Does I go home at night, I get off the train at the other end and I limp home. I'm like, oh boy, why? Why did I say yes to being in that number? That was Melanie LeBarry talking about the choreography in Anne Juliet. Um, we are talking about the, the category Best Theatre Choreographer and the other two shows nominated are... Well, old classics, aren't they? Mary Poppins and Fiddler on the Roof. Matthew Bourne for um, for Mary Poppins. Yes, Matthew uh, with Matthew Stephen Muir. With... They choreographed it together. And, um, of course, when Mary Poppins originally opened, they actually won Best Choreography for this show in the Olivier's. They, but they've completely redone it for this new version of it. Uh, it's extraordinary. I know some of the cast, actually, and they were talking about how much has been changed and how much, even in the rehearsal room, they kept adapting and changing it. So it's great to see that, you know, people don't sit on their laurels, do they? No. Even when they've had a big success, they co- they've they completely redone it. And you keep know. it fresh. And then the last one, as you said, you know, I mean, um, 
it's quite hard to uh, you know, nominate someone who's no longer with us. But of course, Matt Cole took Jerome Robbins' original choreography, adapted it, changed it, did new things with it for Fiddler on the Roof. And uh, once again, Matt's a, a first-time nominee, uh, a young choreographer making great waves actually across the world with his um, with his work. So uh, wonderful in this category alone to see two young British choreographers shine through for the first time. Mm. Well, dance is all the rage now. You know, we've it got is, and it's dance in dance, many different types, isn't it? You know, dance shows on the television are go go, and everybody loves it. You they know, do. it's become cool to dance. I agree. I think that's absolutely um, right. And 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 you know, it is amazing. You know, only a few years ago, most choreography in musical theatre was of a particular, vaguely sort of classical type, I guess. And now you see these young choreographers bringing every different type of dance into very mainstream shows, and and I think that's what you're seeing evolve and change so much. Uh, and uh, as you said, driven by young people who want to go out dancing themselves. I mean, as a non-dancer, I Me love... Me too, by the way. <laughs> watch, but I love watching it. I love watching... My regret in life is I can't do that. I know, and, and you I know, wish I could. We talk about some of these shows, the energy that comes off the stage mm. from these people doing these extraordinary dance routines. Who can I mean, also sing. I know. I mean, they can do everything. And they switch from dancing their hearts out to singing one second later. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hey... They're fit. It's amazing. They're fit. Um, we mentioned, we touched on Evita, which has been nominated in that category, also nominated in Best Musical Revival. And as we said, it is a very, it's a very different production of Evita. And uh, we, we met the cast in the summer, actually, when they, when they were doing it at Regent's Park. Uh, we spoke to Hector Riviera and Samantha Pauly um, about, about their roles in the production. Absolutely. I, I really didn't know why they wanted me to cast me as Peron at first because of the age and everything. And, uh, and, and I was having an idea of, of Peronism and, and Juan Peron like one or two months before I, I started this, this show, you know, seeing documentaries, reading a lot, uh, know the story behind this this guy. But when I came here, Jamie Lloyd, the director, told me, oh, forget about the real Peron. So we're not, that's why you're not looking like him. We're doing like a contemporary um, idea of, of what, what he, he means in the, in the politics and, and basically the contemporary side of what is happening and the extremes of the sides of, of, the, of the political uh, guy that can be extreme, the darkest part of a politician and the brightest and charming start of the politician. So he told me that's why you don't look like him because we're doing a new Evita, basically. And, and so... That's why then I go, okay, now it, it makes sense, and, and yeah. One thing that I really enjoy is that I've, I feel like she's a, a human that people can identify with in this particular production. I think any other time you see her, she's just like, she, I mean, she's a queen, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think when people see the show, they're like, oh, my God, Ava Perone, like, iconic, whatever. And in this, I really try and bring a lot of humanity to her. That was Hector Riviera and also Samantha Pauly talking about their roles in Evita, which was at Regent's Park Theatre, open-air theatre, this summer, and nominated for Best Musical Revival. The other one that's nominated for Best Musical Revival, Joseph and the Amazing Teller. Well, how many times has Joseph been revived? (laughs) Uh, Many, but I I think this is probably... Um, even Andrew, I think, has said Lloyd Webber. You know, it's the first kind of real new take on it. You know, I mean, it is it is what it is, isn't it? And we know the classic, lots mm-hmm. of us sang it at school or were in a production of it. Uh, but this was the first time that someone really kind of redid it and had to think about it. So for those who didn't see it, it doesn't have that classic children's choir with adults playing everything. The kids 
was a smaller group of kids, but they were actually in, very involved in the story and took on roles as Potiphar's wife and played some of the brothers themselves. So the kids were all kind of part of the action and part of the whole ensemble rather than just sort of observing it in a choir from the side. And Jason Donovan was in it, not obviously playing Joseph anymore, but we did talk to him about that, um, about his return to Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Lawrence and Joe and Morgan, uh, the creative, have really given me just the perfect sort of setting for what I would argue as sort of an emotional connection with the audience, particularly with Joseph, because I think um, there is a lot of people coming along to relive um, their childhood in 1991 stroke 92, the success we had not just with the show but the album, uh, the single, and, you know, to just do something a little bit different and... I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying it. That was Jason Donovan talking about the revival of Joseph, which, of course, is up for Best Musical Revival, as is Fiddler on the Roof and Mary Poppins. Indeed. The two classics again. Just on Joseph again, I mean, it was only a couple of years we were sitting here and we were talking about how we were going to honour Joseph on its 50th anniversary at the Olivier Awards. And if you remember, um, we brought back various narrators and various Josephs and Jason came... Uh, to do that, if you remember. The first mm-hmm. thing, he'd sort of done big public kind of thing for a little while in the UK, and the reaction when he walked on stage at the Albert Hall that night was quite extraordinary. And, how, and you know, I would say, uh, we're not talking, uh, we're about to talk about actors in a musical, you know, the young guy, Jack Yarrow, who came straight from Arts Ed School, is now nominated to play Joseph this time. Uh, a little fact for you is when we did that big special at the Olivier's a couple of years ago, Jack Yarrow was in the choir... And there is a still of him standing behind Jason Donovan in in the choir on stage at the Albert Hall. Uh, Little did he know that uh, 18 months later he would be starring at the London Palladium uh, himself. And I saw him the other night and he and I were literally roaring with laughter about how (laughs) could you even begin to imagine this happening. Here he is nominated as Best Actor in a Musical and we touched on this in the first podcast actually, the youth of, uh, of this group, which is Jack Yarrow, straight out of drama school, Sam Tutty, uh, straight, straight out of drama out school, of drama school. I mean, incredibly case, yeah. young, and Charlie Stemp, more or less, straight out of sort drama. Of in his or a second, second big role, show. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, so he, Charlie's up for for Mary Poppins, Sam Tutty up for Dear Evan Hansen, Jack Yarrow for Joseph, and Andy Nyman for Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, Andy, who lots of people know is both an actor, a lot of comedy programs on television. He's also an extraordinary director. He's one of the co-directors of all of Derren Brown's, you know, the illusionist magician. He oh, co-directs he? all of Derren's shows. In fact, he's at the moment, as we're sitting here talking, he's actually in the middle of directing Derren's uh, latest show, which opens um, later this month. Uh, I think its first venue is in Dartford. So he has this extraordinary multifaceted career as a writer, a director, mm-hmm. and absolutely as a performer. And he was amazing as Tevier, I thought, in Fiddler. Could you give out several awards for that category? I know, Just it's so I don't hard. Want, I don't want any of those to lose. It, do you know what? You know, I, I, I don't say, I, I could say this every year, but these, you know, who would you take away from these categories. You know, they all gave extraordinary performances and and the actresses as well. And we've talked about the supporting already. You know, it's a very open year this year. You know, you could genuinely give it to any of these people and no one would be upset. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because some years you just go, right, once a production like Harry Potter starts to win, you know, right, well, they're going to win everything. 
I'm not sure that is going to happen this year. I, I think it I, is going to be feel much like that more to open. Me. You know, you're right. You know, some years we sit there and we go, oh, Hamilton. The Hamilton year. <laughs> the Hamilton we, we, year. You know, we probably all knew that Hamilton was going to win a number of awards <laughs> and the Harry Potter year. It doesn't feel like that this year. It feels much more open yeah. and it could go uh, any which way. So even up to the final award of the night, it could be really exciting, I think. We've also got youth in the best actress in a musical. I suppose it's bound to happen because those lead roles tend to be the juve lead lead roles, often are anyway. But in the, the new musical again, and Juliet, uh, Miriam Teakley, she is phenomenal in this. Absolute powerhouse um, performance. I spoke to her. I mean, well, she just needs to walk into the room and you feel quite inferior as soon as you see her because she's stunning and very tall and and athletic and wonderful. Anyway, we did talk to her and she talked about how they changed the role specifically for her. When I started on this project, David West Reed, the writer, he said that he had this idea of Juliet being this sort of subservient, timid girl at first who then kind of finds herself. And when I like came on the project and started, you know, uh, doing my interpretation of Juliet, he was like, oh, well, there's just no way we're going to have that anymore, you know? Let's Forget start that, that journey a yeah. bit further on where she's already found herself. Exactly. Yes, but it's very clear that you have. That was Miriam Teatley talking about Anne Juliet at the Shaftesbury Theatre. Another nominee for that, Audrey Brisson from Amelie the Musical. Now, Amelie is performing the musical, so she, we will see her we performing will. on the night uh, yeah, on absolutely. stage. Absolutely, that's the intention. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and Judy Kuhn? Judy Kuhn. Judy Kuhn, yes. yes. Tony Award winner. Her first, I think, her well, certainly for years, her first big role over here. Um, lovely to see her uh, nominated, actually. You know, Fiddler's done extraordinarily well. Yeah, it has, know, people hasn't it? really it's... loved it, you know. And uh, and so is Mary Poppins, of course. You know, and, and Zizzy. Mary. You know, Zizzy Strallen, one of the famous Strallen sisters. You know, for people who don't know, the Strallens are very famous in musical theatre. There's... Um, uh, Summer Strallen, who I guess was last in the West End in Young Frankenstein, but also did Top Hat, if you remember, at the Aldwych with, mm-hmm. with our own Tom Chambers here on Magic. Um, uh, there's uh, Scarlett Strallen, who now actually lives in America, but done many, many, many roles over here. She was uh, she was in Mary Poppins originally. Uh, and uh, and there's a there's a fourth sister called Sassy as well. All right, we'll wait uh, who, for her then. Is, no, she, oh, no, she's, she's already... Very, no, absolutely, oh, okay. yeah, big in musical <laughs> theatre uh, as well. Four extraordinary... And, of course, their aunt is Bonnie Langford. Um, so they're this extraordinary theatre family. Imagine what Christmas uh, must be like in that house. Imagine, yes. I tell you what, the crockery wouldn't be safe because they'd all be doing high kicks and things. I know Bonnie, she can still... Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, She can still do it, can Bonnie. Um, Which brings us to Best New Musical because those were the... A couple of those were the classics that we were talking about, but the new musical, again, an incredibly strong category. I mean, how do you separate... um, well, and Juliet. Let, let's have a listen to uh, Melanie LeBarry again, talking about what she thought when she first saw the script for this one. Two years ago, I was asked to come, to, the, the director asked me to come and read it. And he said, just, you know, come along. We're having a two-day workshop and we're going to just read this thing. And I said, what is it? And he said, just come along. <laughs> and so he didn't tell me what it was. And um, it was on that very first day that we read it. And it was so clever. It was so funny. And I barely laughed and cried just in that one week. We'd never seen it before. And in that one reading two years ago, I sat there and I thought, gosh, this is so much fun, but also so magical in the way that it uh, fleshes out all these different relationships from top to bottom, Mm -hmm. you know, from young to old. And um, 
I think that was the moment that I, I thought I really wanted to be a part of it. That was Melanie Labarry talking about her first thoughts of seeing the script for Anne Juliet, which is very different. It's, just, it's a very different take on, you've guessed it, Romeo and Juliet. Very, and, and it takes that premise of what if Juliet had never died and what happens and... I think, you know, it starts with Shakespeare himself and his wife, Anne Hathaway, basically rowing about the story and she hates the story he's written with the female dying and so she wants to take it and mm-hmm. change it and that's what happens. And she does. And uh, it's actually, it's great when, for a new musical, of course, everybody in it is sort of in at the inception. Nobody more so than Sarah Bareilles at the inception of Waitress because she wrote it. Um but she came back to London, well, she came to London to perform in it, uh, which was wonderful, gave it a kind Absolutely of... Absolutely extraordinary. And, uh, you know, Sarah is uh, the most extraordinary performer. You know, she's a singer-songwriter herself. Um, I, you know, I think the score for Waitress is absolutely superb. Um, and, uh, you know, but in a way, when you listen to her sing her own songs, there is something extraordinary in it. Uh, mm. You know, and depending on when you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know, she is in the show until, you know, Saturday the 21st of um, March. So you might still have a few days to go and catch her. And uh, she's doing it, of course, in London with her great friend in real life, Gavin Creel, who won the Mm. Olivier here for Book of Mormon. And, uh, you know, the two of them together, it's kind of something special Mm. to see. Well, they did a bit of a launch of that. And that's when I when I spoke to them again. So here is Sarah Bareilles talking about how wonderful it is being part of her own show. I think it's the best job on earth. I think um, the first time I went into the show, I was so overwhelmingly changed by the experience of sharing a stage with a company and being a part of a team to this capacity it is it's the greatest orchestra i've ever been a part of it's it is a an endless dance between your castmates and the crew and the lighting operators and the ushers and i mean it's just this incredible production you get to put on for these audience members every night so i just think there's there's just nothing like it that was sarah borellis talking about being a waitress in london and uh, the other two musicals nominated best new musical amelie again the dark horse i i'd love amelie to win something here because it's it's it's, I mean, it's I guess in it, so many it, categories. it was ever so slightly the surprise in the nominations. Mm. You know, I think it's nominated four times, and um, wonderful, isn't it, to see that those small shows can still come through against mm. these kind of big, kind of global hits. Well, uh, and the other big global hit, Dear yeah. Evan Hansen, also nominated exactly. in that category. It's, an, it's a phenomenally strong category. All this of them year. are very um, much. That's yeah. We're in for an exciting night, be, I think, to we, see who, who, who comes through. We are. Well, Julian, thank you so much for, for coming in to talk to me. Uh, we'll be back next week when we'll be talking about plays and opera. Thank you for listening to the Olivier Awards podcast, the official podcast of the Olivier Awards with MasterCard. I'm Alice Arnold, and if you enjoyed this and would like to help get this podcast heard by even more people, then you know what you've got to do. Rate us, review it, subscribe. It's free. Don't have to pay a penny. Next time on the Olivier Awards podcast, we look at the rest of the nominations, including plays, opera and family show, as well as hearing from some of the nominees themselves. And if you enjoyed this... Well, you might like to listen to my other podcasts. I bet you would. They're really good, honestly. The Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. Find it wherever you usually get your podcasts.